This podcast was recorded before the global pandemic. While the world looks a lot different today, we believe this content remains valuable for helping organizations move forward and emerge stronger. The as-a-service business model had primarily been associated with software. Now everything as a service is a way of life, from movie subscriptions to room sharing apps and more. But does the as-a-service model meet the needs of finance teams, especially since their digital roadmap is still being drawn? Today on the Workday Podcast, we're going to be talking about how finance as a service helps CFOs accelerate digital finance transformation. I'm Jillian Ogawa, Senior Writer at Workday, and joining me is Matt Schwenderman, Principal and Global Workday Finance Lead at Deloitte Consulting LLP, and Scott Van Valkenburg, Global Alliances and Channels Lead at GenPAC. Welcome. So Matt, can you tell us a bit about your experience and background? Sure, happy to. And again, thank you for having me for this podcast. I am a finance professional by trade, grew up in public accounting and was CFO of a small organization before getting into consulting and being at Deloitte. In my uh, two decades working with clients, it has always been in finance transformation. And for the second half, of that term, it has been with a keen focus on emerging technologies and how to drive better use of information as well as how to create a better business partner for an organization through the finance function. And Scott, how about you? Yeah, I come to it from a little bit of a different angle. I didn't grow up in the finance organizations, but I've grown up leading and driving new solutions and technologies in unique business models and ways. Coming from GenPAC and then previous to that being at a large software provider in analytics and then being in, in a professional services consulting firm, it's really been a new transition, I think, to how organizations such as CFOs and others are looking to be able to deliver value with emerging things such as cloud and RPA and as-a-service models, which has been part of GenPAC's bread and butter, especially in helping CFOs run and operate their finance functions. So incredibly happy to be here with you and our partner, Deloitte and Matt. Thank you for sharing your background. Over the last decade, businesses have been able to rapidly scale their technology capabilities with software-as-a-service subscriptions. But how is finance as a service different from software as a service? The biggest difference between finance as a service and software as a service is that finance as a service is actually executing the business of finance. And it's buying outcomes as a service, as opposed to buying access to capability to enable greater efficiency and effectiveness of those processes. And that's what I would say is the primary definitional difference between the two. Yeah, in the new age, we are used to as humans getting Uber, right, a car as a service when we need it, uh, and a whole bunch of other things that I think the rise of cloud and technology has allowed that on the consumer side. And now you're seeing that shift over, I think, on the business side where you can take technologies that make that outcome-based model Matt talked about along with people that have deep domain and expertise that can help drive and run those functions, leveraging the technology in a service type mindset where before those two things weren't really possible. I wanted to see how that factors into the trends that we're seeing in finance. So data, self-service technologies, microservices. According to the Deloitte Finance 2025 report, these are some of the most pressing technologies 
that financial management needs to adopt in the next five years. So Matt, how are finance teams responding to that call to action? It's been an interesting shift. And by shift, I mean that finance for a number of years was a leader within organizations in adopting new technologies or in the case of data and self-service, really pushing technologies into the organization first and being kind of a catalyst or a pilot for how other business functions would use it. That changed a little bit in the last decade or so, and finance has kind of fallen behind. And so now the organizations are waking up and they see that like our businesses really run very differently today. We call those digital operating models. In reality, organizations have been digital since the original computers were developed. But what's different in the quote-unquote digital age now is the fact that information and data has become the asset by which you leverage change in your organization. So what finance specifically is doing and why this has become pressing for them is with all the challenges that have existed forever in finance, regulatory and statutory requirements, reduced resources to do the same with less, and cycle times being reduced. Finance has to go out and look at how do I take these technologies and stitch them together to actually create new solutions and new ways of executing what I used to do. So we call the series that Finance 25 is part of is called the Crunch Time Series. So the crunch time for finance isn't how do I just adopt new technology, but it's really how do I take these new tools and stitch them together in a way that fundamentally I operate differently and I really emphasize how I deliver outcomes or support business-oriented outcomes as opposed to focusing a lot of time on, uh, you know, get the work done. That makes me wonder, Scott, is finance as a service a relatively new concept? Pretty interesting. I think the dialogue has always been in the forefront of a CFO's mind. Like, if only I could, dot, dot, dot. And I think that the pressures that they've faced is access to data, dealing with changes, rapidly adjusting how they run their companies, whether it's new competition or mergers or divestitures. And I think that they've always been trying to, you know, how do they take their existing car, if you think about that as finance, as an analogy and modify it to make it run a little bit better but it never got to the outcomes that they've needed. Um, and they didn't really have those options. And I, I think what's happening today is as CFOs realize that the value is going to be on how they're looking at the strategic use of capital, the investment allocation, uh, the profitability metrics, and what that means to their organization. If they had the ability to run their finance organization in this concept as a finance as a service where They're not having to go, how many invoices did I get paid or not get paid and collections and all those fun things. Could it materially shift their value uh, on the impact of their own organizations? And then the other element is, could they do it at a cost structure and flexibility with technology that's built in in a completely different way? For example, a lot of the CFOs are tackling areas that might be robotic process automation or maybe just ERP switch out or looking at how they tackle accounts receivable and how might it integrate. And and if you bring the concept of finance as a service to the forefront, that all comes with the bundle. You know, I mentioned an Uber analogy before. At the end of the day on an Uber analogy, you're just going, where do I want to go? Can it take me with the number of people I have versus 
what type of car model is it? Because I know and I have trust in that the delivery and the outcome is going to happen. This is where we're seeing the fundamental shift of why finance as a service is really on the top of mind for a very progressive CFOs. It's clear that the technologies we discussed have affected what type of work finance teams will do in the next decade. What I also found interesting in the Deloitte report is the impact on the who and the where. What do you both think about the scope and scale of these changes shaping the future of finance? There's a couple things that we're seeing. So first, we talked about technology and and information as an asset driving change with how businesses do work and how they define unique ability to derive value in their markets. Well, that obviously means that finance needs to pivot their skills as well. And to understand and to leverage these technologies as well as to take advantage of information as an asset, we need to start looking at two things. One is putting data science as a capability, putting the understanding of emerging technologies, automation, building use cases for automation and embedding that in the finance function. But we also need to think about breaking down some of the silos with finance and really embedding finance more into the heart of the business where they're working in partnership with the business. And we see that a lot in companies that have launched within the last decade the traditional structure and the role of finance is very different than organizations that have been around for 40, 50 years. Finance is less of a centralized organization and more of this ongoing business partner. To what Scott was saying about finance as a service, that then brings up really redefining how do you deliver value? How do you derive value in turning over things that aren't unique to delivering value for your organization to someone else and buying that as an outcome. And that's kind of where finance as a service comes in. The other thing that finance as a service does is getting into employment in the economy where there's a lot of different non-traditional models for workers. The gig economy, part-time workers, remote workers, really different models than we've explored before and they've almost never been used by finance. Finance as a service allows you to start to venture into these non-traditional ways of providing outcomes and getting the work of finance done without having to assume that it's just the same traditional full-time employees on the books. And I'd add just a couple of things to that. If you thought about, Matt, when you were a CFO before and, and the clients that you serve now, if you could give them a blank sheet of paper and said, if you could change how you focus your time and what your organization did, I'm sure that the elements people would write wouldn't be anything on, am I making my month-end close and reconciliations happening in a stressful environment that we never get it done in the right amount of time and, and people are overworked? I think it would be to the areas we talked about before is strategic use of capital, different ways to help support their business partners in meaningful ways outside of the traditional, hey, making sure the general ledger and the accounting functions and all of these things are happening. If you could take that manner and that mindset of the who and the where, I also think organizations are much more open to thinking about the work can be done from different places. And the finance function has probably been a little bit late to the game. I think we've seen a lot of larger companies leverage things like business process outsourcing and process reengineering 
But if you look at the mass structure of items like what we're doing with Gen 1, which is our partnership with Workday to do finance as a service, as a solution, there's a whole untapped area for finance leadership to really take the core skills that they have and put faith and trust in both the best technology and the best processes and systems to really run their finance organization so much more effectively and efficiently. And I think you're just going to continue to see organizations go, what's core to me versus what's not? And, and clearly, finance as a service is going to be one of those main topics for the next several years. Just wanted to build on that thought. In your experience, Scott, Are there industries that are quicker to adopt this model than others? Matt and I and and our teams have had a lot of really deep dialogue about this subject. There's a couple things where this just becomes a no-brainer for people. Fast, rapid, high-growth organizations is one, where they're never going to be able to keep pace with the technology needs and the people and process needs to attain the, the growth. So that's one big area, these high growth areas. I think another big area too is when companies are going through some structural change of a merger or divestiture and how do they replicate and turn on a finance function from scratch with both the technology and process and people in a very compressed amount of time. So that's the, the other area. And then the last area I would say, which is as companies are, are maybe reinventing themselves and they're going through some very significant cost restructuring and reorganization, the, the finances and service gives them a one-two home run. The first is they're getting the best of the capabilities and technology in people and process that they can quickly adopt. And they're able to run it at a cost structure that in most cases they would really struggle to attain on their own, not only on the cost, but the time to achieve that. So those would be the three big areas that I think of. I want to piggyback onto what Scott was saying. And so for the listeners, you'll notice that we didn't call out any particular industry sector because leveraging finance as a service, leveraging that model for your organization is much more about how the finance and accounting group defines their value to the organization and the culture that they're building within that group. If you define that as a forward-looking kind of continuous improvement group that sees that the unique value that they have or that they can create for their shareholders is not around how I pay a bill and reconcile a bank account, but it's really how I understand my customers. I get my goods to those customers. I have appropriate pricing structures. Those are the organizations that migrate or will migrate sooner to finance as a service because it's very similar. And one reason why we chose Workday as our technology partner is It's not unlike when a CFO signs on to Workday as their technology platform is they're making a decision that says as much standardization as I can get is a good thing because that's going to give me earlier and better insight into what's happening in the business in kind of real-time analysis. Finance as a service is the same concept, taking it to the logical next step, which is around actually executing and delivering those transactions and those outcomes on that platform. So for me, I think finance as a service is applicable to every industry, but it's most successful and it'll it'll have its early uptake in those areas that Scott mentioned, which is where the business through high growth or M&A activity is driving that dynamic 
or where the culture of the finance group is to be more forward-looking and to define their value to the organization and to their shareholders through the incremental things they can do, not through the day-to-day. Can you tell me about some of the roadblocks that are preventing finance teams from adopting a finance-as-a-service vendor? One of the big things that is an initial roadblock for some people is just even the, the possibility to think about this. They've had such a great experience in trying to live through the old traditional ways of I part, I will pick a piece, I'll fix a piece, I'll tackle little parts at a time, that having this decision, which isn't a technology-only decision, it isn't an outsourcing-only decision, but it's an as-a-service decision, you know, takes some mindset uh, to really wrap around. So I think that's one of the bigger pieces. The other piece is how do they think about their organizational functions and structures, uh, taking the talent that they have and leveraging that talent in other meaningful ways. That takes a lot of fortitude to really think about how do you look at your organization, your structure, and your people. And then I, I think the third area, too, is literally as they look through this kind of monumental shift, it touches the finance organization, but does link to the rest of the business. So I think there's a, a communication and a buy-in that the CFO needs to lead, but also drive with his other business leaders. So these have been some of the big themes we've seen through dialogues with clients and, and personal conversations with CFO leadership. Matt, you want to touch upon a couple of the other elements? Happy to, and I'll expand on one which was around linkages to the business. There is naturally handoffs that happen between core finance and the broader business functions. One area that causes some pause is there's a lot that organizations have not documented and have not dug down into to really understand all of those handoffs. That is an activity that has to happen to make sure that we're getting all of this right. Sometimes that's a a little bit of a worry, we're going to have to open up the black box and what's that going to mean? The other, which goes back to the talent question, is part of what you're doing with finance as a service is you're freeing up your current talent to do different things. And that has always been a goal and objective of finance. For the 20 years I've been doing finance transformation work, the idea has always been to shift effort from transaction processing to decision support. So now you're actually committing to that. And it brings up the question of, do I have the right talent in-house to pick up those new roles? And the talent that I do have that I want to keep, can I get them to the place that they need to be? And so that is something that causes folks to really take a step back and say, all right, am I willing and ready to go through that change management and that resource change or transformation? An interesting statistic that plays into that is we're approaching a time where we're going to have seven generations in the workforce with very different expectations around what value in a career is. So finance is a service on top of the CFO having to worry about how to get these very diverse teams working together effectively now has to really address, am I able to rebadge the folks I have in the right way? Scott and I believe that that's a very powerful opportunity to put cross-generational and cross-skilled people together to solve real problems and add insight to the business. But to me, that's probably the hardest part in this is to figure out how to get that value out of the team you have 
once the finance as a service solution has gone up and running and is now delivering on what the core day-to-day used to be. That's a really interesting point about talent and the changing expectations. It also makes me think, how is digitization transforming the expectations of finance? In a couple key ways. Part of it was in the finance 2025 predictions. We really think that over the next couple of years, we're moving closer and closer to touchless transactions. We've already built a component of that into our finance as a service solution and will continue to innovate in that way. But that is forcing organizations to really think about not how do I re-engineer the process, like improve my process, but how do I actually look at processes that I don't need to do anymore because it's embedded in the technology or I can stitch together technologies to do it, right? The second, what digitization is pushing is I go back to the crunch time conversation. Finance can't wait anymore to take on some of these challenges. One is the technologies, some of them I refer to as no more excuses. So when Workday provides you an in-memory solution that allows you to look at outcomes in real time based on real time transactions, I can no longer say, oh, it's too expensive for me to to keep upgrading my ERP to get that because it's natively built into my subscription. The second is this expectations gap that you have between what I get in my, my life outside of work and what I get at work. Scott used Uber as an example. I traveled from New York to Philadelphia this morning. I booked my ticket online. I showed my ticket to the conductor on my phone. I got my ride home from the train station through an app. I ordered things for my winter break on my app. And I could actually, if I wanted to, I can go online and I can check out my financials. I can check out my health data. I can do all of this through applications and through stitched together analytics. And yet when I go into work, if I want to report on the profitability of a particular initiative or client, I have to pull data from three different sources or call IT and ask for a report. So digitization has created this gap between what I can do at home and what I can do at work. And employees are getting increasingly frustrated that they don't have those capabilities in finance. So if you're going to keep people and attract the best people, you need to be able to have their work life be more similar to their home life. I agree. The reality is as the capacity of process and technology come together, some of these processes that we've been using for ages on end, like, do do we really need accounts payable? Why is there an invoice purchase order process? If all this stuff could be done electronically and people are interconnected, there's a whole different mindset and, and a shift on how to do it. So I think you're spot on. And I also think as the next generation of workers come into this profession, their expectations and experience aren't anchored into maybe some of us who've been around for a little bit longer on how things get done. And then that leverage and use of technology and and quick results and rapid adoption is going to be a key theme. So how does a company know that they're ready for finance as a service? As with most things and most change, if there isn't a burning platform, meaning, oh oh my God, I'm going through this this rapid growth or mergers and divestitures are in a crisis mode, us as human beings always tend to make decisions much faster. I think it starts first with a dialogue. What's the progressive nature and cultural fit and desire of that leadership from the finance function 
and potentially the board and that the way they operate and the CEO to be a digitally led first company. What's wonderful about the finance as a service and the Gen 1 offering we've done in partnership with Workday is this gives the ability for a client not to have to think about doing it piecemeal because most of the digital transformations, all of these are going through, whether it's in finance or in, in customer acquisition or marketing, tend to be parts and pieces of a fix versus an overall service that tackles the whole. But it gets back to can the vision and the desire and the leadership of the company and the belief in being a digitally first-led company really start to open up that conversation? And then how does it fit to the company's goals and the timelines they're looking at? That's probably one of the leading perspectives. Do you have any key takeaways for companies that are looking to strategically scale the capabilities of their finance teams? Yeah, finance as a service. (laughs) 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 I really think As you heard, Matt and I, we both have a pretty strong passion in this space. If you've got to scale and you've got to grow, you can't be thinking about where am I going to spend the night in a hotel? You've got to be thinking about where am I going to live? Finance as a service allows you to think about that long-term piece versus these tactical shortcut decisions. I'd also say the report from Deloitte that, that Matt's mentioned, 2025 highlights for the future, but the future is happening now. And, and if you don't get ahead of this, it's going to catch you. The only add I'd, I'd say is some of my clients are in that exact space, which is high growth, rapidly expanding. And to a person in the finance and the administrative areas of those organizations, they have commented that there are a number of things that they need to do improvement-wise and to enable further growth that they just don't have time to think about because They're swamped with the core day-to-day activities that finance as a service can provide. So if you think about what's going to happen, if you want to maintain that trajectory, at some point, you're going to tap out because either you haven't been able to pay attention to the big rocks that are going to fuel further growth, or you're not going to be able to keep up with the day-to-day because your team can't expand and execute the same way they did when you were starting out or before you made the big leap. So this is one of the exact reasons why we came up with this solution and launched this solution is because where growth is in the name of the game, you don't want to be sitting there tempering expectations or not grabbing market because I can't find the right number of accountants to sit in the back office. Okay, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank my guests, Matt and Scott, for joining me. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having us. Thanks again for listening to the Workday Podcast.